want of a better term, the funkiness of business that it unleashed, remains. Nor has this appeal really been dented by the financial crisis of 2008 and 2009. People may have been outraged by the financial alchemy on New York's Wall Street and in the City of London, and by its devastating effects on the wider, real economy, but this dissatisfaction has not apparently put people off the idea of business. Indeed, individuals seem more enthusiastic about non-financial business than ever. By the middle of 2010, the passion for the technology gadget company Apple's products had reached such a pitch that queues formed outside its stores whenever a new product became available. Slightly more prosaically, the John Lewis partnership transformed itself from Middle England's dependable department store into a shining example of what a business can be even in difficult times by being truly switched on to the wants of its customers and also apparently by being decent towards its staff, significantly partners in the business, its customers and its suppliers. What was once a slightly stuffy purveyor of curtain fabrics and household goods became the subject of a television series and gained many a mention in the newspaper columns of the chattering classes. The sort of publicity that is impossible to buy. Nor are these the only examples of the passion generated by business today. Among customers, employees and senior managers alike. Howard Schultz, head of the global coffee bar chain Starbucks, even called the book he wrote about the company's growth, pour your heart into it. Entrepreneur Henry Stewart arguably went further, naming the information technology training company he set up in London a couple of decades ago, Happy Computer. The company, despite being in a field that can be less than inspiring, is regularly featured in lists of the best places to work and is even using its experience to help other companies become happier workplaces. There is clearly an appetite for work to be something more than just a means of earning a living. This is not necessarily new. For example, Hewlett-Packard, one of the pioneers of the technology industry of which Google is a current star, set out an HP way of doing business, and employees would often make decisions based on what they thought Bill and Dave, Hewlett and Packard, would do. Of course, this does not mean that everybody in business is following some cult, but it is definitely true that there is huge enthusiasm for business, among would-be employees as well as among policymakers and the general public. Back in the 1960s, when the London Business School was established, business education was almost unknown in Britain, although it was, of course, available in the United States and elsewhere. Now it is very different. In Britain alone, thousands of people study business and management each year, while a significant proportion of each year's graduates head into some kind of business. And the number of startups continues to grow, contributing to there being just under 3 million businesses in the country in 2008. In the United States, the Index of Entrepreneurial Activity produced by the Kaufman Foundation, an organisation dedicated to promoting entrepreneurialism, found that 558,000 individuals started new companies in 2009, a 4% rise on the previous year in spite of the recession. In Germany, 200,000 small businesses were founded in 2009, according to research by the Economic Research Institute, Institut für Mittelstandsforschung. 
Meanwhile, China is showing great enthusiasm for enterprise. The number of Chinese who are either self-employed or working in companies not primarily owned by the state rose from about 8 million in 1992 to nearly 80 million in 2008. However attractive and exciting, as we now realise it can be, business can also be a confusing place. Not only can its activities often involve complex processes or a mastery of obscure niche markets, the whole language of business can appear arcane and hard to get a grip on. Have you, for example, ever stared at the pages of the FT, wondering how other people make sense of what looks like ancient Greek to you? Have you ever nodded in agreement in a meeting, even though there are so many acronyms and concepts flying around that you have no idea what is going on? Do you find spreadsheets mesmerising?